So at the moment, I'm not sure what's happening with the computer, so it um, so relates to my message. <laughs> um, it challenges your, your joy and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's really good to be here. It's been a while since I've been here. Uh, I remember a few faces here. Um, tonight, I really just wanted to share with you some of the rela- uh, revelations that the Father's been releasing to me in the last uh, two months or so. And uh, in this session, I want to talk about the strength and endurance um, that we have in the Father. And the reason why I want to teach you is this, so I can connect you to the Father's joy uh, so that you're able to produce the fruit of joy in and through your lives in any circumstance that you may face. And over the last week I've been praying into it and just really asking the Father what he wants to release tonight and really feel he wants to release breakthrough in people's lives tonight. And, I mean, he wants to release miracles in circumstances that you thought couldn't change. He wants to heal hearts. He wants to heal minds. And he wants to release physical healing tonight. And he was stirring and stirring and stirring this message in me for a while. And um, it, it actually says in um, Proverbs 17.22, it says, A cheerful heart is like medicine. And I just felt for Blackheath Baptist Church, he wants to release a cheerful heart in for you so it can be like medicine, not only for you but to the ones that you go out to. So tonight I'm going to speak about the joy of the Lord being our strength and the key to strength and endurance. Um, so yeah, I just encourage you um, to just open your heart, be sensitive to what the Spirit's doing. So I feel people are going to get healed during this meeting. So even as I'm speaking... Um, as uh, Graham was sharing before, there's just such a spirit of his presence in here and in his presence is fullness of joy. But um, he's also the healer, he's a great physician and when he's among us, things change. And I really feel that tonight that those things are going to change and just be sensitive to what he's doing because he's here. Father, we just thank you that just for your presence... Lord, we just thank you that in your presence it says there's fullness of joy. Lord, we just thank you that joy of the Lord is our strength and we just thank you you're in this place in the midst of us and that when we draw near to you, say you'll draw near to us. Lord, I just pray for an outpouring of your presence, Lord, so that we can just become closer to you and know you more. Lord, fill us afresh tonight and fill us with your power and your presence, in Jesus' name. So, a few months ago I had this radical encounter up in Byron Bay with a few friends of mine. Um, We decided to have a worship night and a prayer night and anoint each other with some anointing oil. Um, My sister actually gave me this uh, bottle of anointing oil years and years ago and haven't really used it and I thought, oh, why not, Let's, let's give this a crack. Fellas, and um, <laughs> the label on it actually says oil of gladness and also the oil of joy. And so yeah, we, we thought, oh, we'll, we'll give this a crack. So we started praying for each other, laying hands on each other. And as soon as we uh, put the anointing oil on each other, the Spirit of God came very, very powerfully and just swept through the whole house. Uh, all of us ended up in tears from so much laughter and joy breaking out. Um, I was like a blubbering mess. I've never heard myself laugh like this ever in my life. 
It was that powerful and I've had encounter after encounter over the last two months in the same power of that. And um, I just really feel that the Father's been teaching me from that encounter deeper revelation and understanding of why the joy of the Lord is so strong um, and important in our lives. And literally in that moment when I felt the presence come upon me, my heart was getting healed, my mind was getting renewed, um, I felt a weight lift off my shoulders and I felt um, the sensation of being light. And the Father reminded me of, um, in the Gospels, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I just had this sensation of being so, so light and the circumstances that sometimes weigh us down just pluck off and pull off. And so tonight, um, yeah, I'm just going to share with you just some of the keys um, about, you know, tapping into the joy of the Lord and how that helps you endure. Um, after this encounter, the Father began to speak to me uh, in greater depth and he said, Paul, if you want to become strong in something, can you want to be able to uh, endure through any hardships that come your way in life? Uh, you need to learn how to connect with my joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength and so that you're able to um, have strength but also uh, endure. Sorry about my notes not up there. I'll just go through the notes I've got here. But he, he not only said that you need to connect with my joy but he said you need to know what it looks like. So he said, Paul, Joy looks like laughter. It looks like having fun. It's having a cheerful heart that's like medicine. It's singing praises. It's dancing. It's um, having a heart that's so after the kingdom. Um, it's, it's one that just never holds back and is always able to rejoice in everything, always. So Paul talks about rejoicing always and he was someone who really carried the fruit of the Spirit in this. So Nehemiah 8.18 says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. And the father went on to tell me, how do you teach this to someone else? How do you teach them about the joy of the Lord being our strength? And he said, one, you've got to get focused on Jesus, but also you've got to know what the joy set before you is. Jesus endured the cross because of the joy set before him. He wasn't focused on his circumstance of pain, he was focused on the joy. And sometimes in our lives we can get weighed down by our circumstances and feel empowered by those circumstances and we actually let them dictate how we feel. But Jesus was different. He did feel pain whilst he was on the cross, but that wasn't his focus. His focus was the joy set before him and that joy set before him was you. He loved you so much, had such a joy in you that he went to that, that place on the cross to die for you, not because of the pain, because of the joy that it brought him. Uh, so if, if you look, um, yeah, I was saying, how do you teach this to someone? And he gave me this revelation. When you teach a child to, say, love a sport or love an instrument or learn to love something, the first thing, it's so important to teach them is to have fun with it. And we can lose this when we get older, but I think it's such a trait that we need to teach to our children is to have fun with something. Because when you learn how to have fun with something, you learn to love it. 
Because what happens is when you learn to first have fun and get that joy set before you and know what that is, you have the power to endure. Because as um, Jesus said, he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. He had a focus beyond the cross that brought him joy. So in a sport, you need to have fun with it, but have a focus of why you're having fun. Because when you start training and you take that child through discipline and they've got to do the scales on the piano for hours and practice or they've got to get up early in the morning to turn up to training or to practice, um, they're going to be under pressure. They're going to be under discipline. They're going to be under all these things. But if they don't have the fun or the joy, then they give up. So when you're teaching someone to have joy in something, teach them how to have fun. And the Father is so fun. It says, in his presence is fullness of joy in, in the Psalms. He, he also reminded me of a movie called uh, Champions. Has anyone seen that? Or some others might know it as the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. So it's a story about a junior ice hockey team um, and they're doing pretty crap at first, <laughs> to be honest. But as soon as they start discovering what the joy in it is and they're allowed to have fun. The coach even says, guys, just go out there and have fun. Their whole game changed. They started winning games. They, they started becoming successful because of that joy. But they're able to endure the hardships together as a team because they had that joy that was set before them. And the, the father just reminded me that it's so important that we need to connect to his joy just so we get um, back on track. But he went on to say, if you find your joy in me, you can rejoice in any and every situation and be able to endure anything that comes your way. If you look at the life of Jesus in Hebrews 12.2, it says that Jesus was able to endure the cross because of joy set before him. His focus was not on his situation of suffering on the cross, but the greater joy that he would receive by enduring through the agony. Now, the Passion Translation says it really awesome. Excellent. How good is this? Is this going to work? Let's figure out what I'm doing now. Awesome. I really love the Passion Translation. Have anyone heard of the Passion Translation or read it? So recommend you get it. So so much gold in there. there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it says, We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was filled with the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation, now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. James 1, 2, 4 in the Passion Translation, my fellow believers, when it seems that you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience all the joy that you can. How's that? You don't naturally feel like that, do you? It's like, oh, I don't have enough money to pay rent or put food on the table. Oh, I've got that bill to come in. I've got that. Oh, yay, Jesus. Um, You know, when we go through the difficulties, when you want to produce the fruit of the Spirit, you're not tested when you're in joy. So the fruit of the Spirit for joy is not tested when you're like, oh, this is easy, this is fun. It's tested when you don't have it. 
because the kingdom works in a different perspective. The kingdom challenges when it's tough. And it's like Peter on the water, when his focus was on Jesus, is able to walk on the water. When he focused on his circumstance, he sunk. And we have the power to be able to focus on the joy and the strength that's released through that focus. So, yeah, James uh, chapter 1, 2 to 4. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience all the joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection in every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Whoa, how good is that? The joy of the Lord is the key to our strength. I don't know where to point it. It's the key to our strength. It's the key to us enduring the trials. It's the key to gaining power over and through our circumstances. It's the key to give us hope into our future. It gives us vision that our best days are yet ahead of us. Uh, and it's the key to seeing us through the process of life that we may be perfected in every way so that we are lacking and missing nothing. How good's that? Pretty good, hey? Lacking and missing nothing. This is why the joy of the Lord is so important. That we go on beyond just knowing about the joy of the Lord and we start producing the fruit of it. So how how do we know if we are producing the, our spiritual fruit of joy? So that we are able uh, that we are able to endure anything that comes our way. My opinion is that it all comes back to having an intimate relationship with the Father. Uh, in his presence is fullness of joy um, and from that place is where we get joy. It's like um, God said that he is love, right? And we first love because, we, we love because he first loved us. It's the same when we step into his presence. He knows what joy is. He is our joy and that's where it comes from. So when you have a relationship with the Father and you spend time in his presence, you become like him. You, he imparts who he is into you and he brings out the gold that he created you to be like to come out as well. So yeah, I, my, I think the most important thing is intimate an intimate relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and from that place of relationship we can have fullness of joy. Psalm 16. Okay. All right. I don't know what's happening with my notes, so that's okay. So how do we... We increase the joy of the Lord in our lives so that we can endure anything. We, we go to that place of relationship. We spend time with the Father. We pray to him and we just um, imitate what Jesus already did um, whilst he was here on the earth. Jesus always withdrew to a mountain to spend time with the Father to see what he's doing. He did it all the time. He knew how to have joy and uh, it always cracks me up that, that verse of that he's able to endure the cross. Man, 
is able to endure, able to endure suffering. And like for me, that's, you know, I've got to grow a lot <laughs> if I want to be able to endure like all uh, situations and circumstances. So that, that, that's one, rejoicing and gladness in the Lord. David did this so well in the Bible. If you want to learn about rejoicing, David had a life of rejoicing. And um, what rejoicing does, I'll get to it in my point, it just creates breakthrough and it, it gets you to change your mindset and it gets you into uh, a place of being able to follow what the Father's doing and not what the devil's doing. Um, so how do we get the joy of the Lord to increase in our lives so that we can endure anything that comes our way? Um, yep, relationship with the Father. Sorry, I just got my notes all mixed up, so have grace on me. <laughs> um, in your presence is fullness of joy. Uh, yeah, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that my joy may be full. Um, when you looked at Jesus' life, he represented this way of doing life with the Father that he's actually teaching the disciples through his actions. He's withdrawing to the Father, spending time with him, um, because in him you get that joy. But um, the thing is, he taught them about remaining and abiding in the Father. He was doing this all the time throughout the Gospels. Look how he remained in the Father and abided in the Father. And he taught this to the disciples. So these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that they may be full. So he wants us to remain and abide in his love so that we have fullness and joy. So when we're spending time with him, we need to be in it all the time because when we pull away and we don't have that intimate time with him, we start losing the joy. We start taking our focus off Jesus on, in the storm and we start focusing on the storm. So the whole thing about abiding and remaining in him so your eyes can be set on the Father, so that your eyes are fixed on him where joy comes from, where the love comes from, where his spirit just fills you, where freedom comes, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's all these things in the Father and Jesus showed that with the Father when he was here on earth and this is the, the thing he's t- teaching the disciples. Abide in me and remain in me so this can happen, so that your joy may be full. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Habakkuk 3.18 says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. The common link between some of these verses that I was teaching uh, about is they all had an intimate relationship with the Father. Um, David had an intimate relationship with the Father. Uh, Jesus had an intimate relationship with the Father. Um, Habakkuk even had an intimate relationship with the Father. Love Habakkuk's verse, which I don't know why it's not showing. There we go. I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. If you read before those verses coming up to that, he's actually going through all this pain and things in his life aren't going the way he wants it. But he makes this decision to do this. I will rejoice anyway. I will rejoice in the Lord always. 
Paul did this so well. Even in prison, he wrote to the Philippian church and he said, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. He had a key in something. He was moving in a spiritual fruit that I feel we need to step up into and that we can carry as well. So we're influencing uh, people that um, we come into contact with. And Paul did this so, so, so well. And I'd really like to be like Paul and say that I could... Uh, rejoice being in prison. Can't say I'm up to that level yet. You know, I get down if I I can't pay the bill for the week, or um, you know, something just doesn't go my way. I'm too too late uh, for an appointment, or you know, I don't get my food quick enough when I order it, or um, they they make my coffee wrong at the the shop. You know, all these uh, first world problems. It's you know. Hmm. So the three keys to building strength and enduring. One, relationship and intimacy with the Father. If we look at Jesus' life here on earth, he set the example through what he did on a regular basis. He constantly sought the Father and what the Father was doing and consistently communicated and spent intimate time with the Father in the secret place because he loved the Father. He also taught the disciples about the importance of abiding and remaining in him and his love because he wanted his joy in them and their joy may be full. Jesus already had this relationship with the Father and was teaching the disciples the importance of abiding and remaining so they could be full of joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength and when we abide and remain in him, or in other words, we spend time and we become a part of what he's doing, we begin to see the path ahead. And know that the and know what the joy set before us is. Psalm sixteen eleven. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Which brings me to key two. Focusing on Jesus and the joy set before you. So before Jesus died on the cross, he already knew that he would be raised from the dead. He already knew that he was going to have victory and he went to the point, he even taught it to the people, he even told them about it and this is what's going to happen. And yeah, he, Jesus endured the cross because the joy set before him, that joy, if you read in the Passion Translation, is actually us. He had such a joy in us. His example is this because his heart was filled with the joy of knowing that you would be his. Right there. How's that? He endured because of you. He had such a joy in you. So when the Father's actually interceding over you, well, how, how do you think he'd be interceding over you? How do you think he's praying for you? Do you think he's sitting there, oh man, you stuffed up. Oh, you don't quite have it right. How do you think he feels about you? He feels joy. Yes, he challenges us. Yes, you know, he, he teaches us the way to go and that can be hard at times. So I'm not saying he's not. But he has a joy for us. He celebrates over you. He celebrates like, oh, well done, son. I sent my son for you. You bring me so much joy. You bring me strength. <laughs> he focused on the future beyond the cross um, and yeah, you can find it in that verse. Passion translation. I'm a big, big believer. 
The third one's rejoicing always. Sorry, I'll, I'll just jump back. The joy set before us is knowing that whatever trials or circumstances we face, we are able to endure agony because we are his and we still have our wedding as a church to attend to as his bride. So we've got something to look forward to. When you don't know the joy set before you, you forget. You begin to lose focus on Jesus and you start to get overwhelmed by your circumstances, Uh, which brings you to a point where you start to begin to lose your joy or you're robbed of it because your focus becomes back on the storm, not on Jesus. Psalms is a great, uh, awesome how David goes, that one second he's like, oh, all the enemies are surrounding me. Oh, help me, Lord, help me. Oh, come on, God, help me. Where are you? Where are you? Then he's like, oh, Praise Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. You're my saviour. You're this, you're that, you're my shepherd. Oh, you know, he goes from one point to the other. And I'm so like him in my life. I'm like, one second, things aren't going my way. I'm like, help me, Father, help me, Father, help me, Father. Next second, I'm like, oh, something went my way. Yeah. But however, Jesus is trying to teach us how to live in victory always because, you know, he already had the victory on the cross. We don't have to fight for victory. We fight from victory. We're not fighting for it. It's already been done. We're victorious. We can be joyful because it's done. So in our circumstance when we're finding it tough, what's our focus? Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Has anyone heard that saying before? Where your focus goes, your energy flows. It doesn't necessarily change your situation, but it changes us inside. Like I can be full on in a storm and let that dictate how I feel or I can be fully in Jesus in the storm and let that influence me. Oh Father, things aren't going my way. I broke my foot the other week. I can't walk on it but Father, I'm going to put my joy in you. Habakkuk, everything's going wrong for him and he's still like, I'm going to place my joy in my salvation. I'm going to place the things that are actually happening to me that you're doing. Jesus had this life of thankfulness in his life. He always thanked, taught the disciples how to thank Jesus for things. He had the bread. He had to feed 5,000 people. He didn't go, oh, we don't have enough bread. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Our situation's getting us. No, he goes, thank you, Father, for what you've given me. Thank you, Father, for the little I have. Multiplies it. It's pretty powerful. We have a choice to get, get that circumstance come over, come over us and dictate us how we feel. I don't have enough finance this week. Thank you for the finance I do have. Thank you I got 20 cents towards that $100 bill. Thank you, Father, for the 20 cents. <laughs> you know, and it's shifting our mindset. That's the mindset of the kingdom. Yeah, Paul said it well. Rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice. Um, Rejoicing also changes our focus from what the devil is doing to what the Father's doing. The Father only ever, sorry, Jesus only ever did what who was doing? Was he focused on the devil or was he focused on the Father? 
in our circumstance, what are we focused on? Are we focused on what the devil's trying to rob from us or are we trying to focus on what the Father's saying? We are challenged through our life time and time and time again in these circumstances that in our testing produces what? Endurance, yeah? And what's it do to us? Yeah, makes us mature. What else does it do? It perfects us so that we are missing nothing and lacking nothing. So rejoicing is really, really powerful. So it changes our focus from what the devil's doing to what the Father's doing. It changes us from focusing on defeat to victory. Rejoicing will change your physical state, your mental condition, because where your focus goes, your physical, mental and emotional state will follow. Some of the physical expressions of people rejoicing in the Bible, can anyone mention any? Dancing, yeah, dancing. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Go, Jesus. <laughs> what else can we do? What are, some of, what are some of the things that we can do? Yeah, come on. Come on, worship. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Thankfulness and prayer. Man, thankfulness in Philippians, like after Paul says rejoice, um, rejoice always, rejoice again, goes into thankfulness. Think of those things that are what? Honourable, good, what the devil's doing, what the <laughs> father's doing. What? He doesn't tell you any of that. He says focus on what is honourable, those things that are good, that are lovely, around that sort of, um, sort of language. He's focusing on the good, not the bad. <laughs> And it's not that we ignore the bad, but we just don't let the bad dictate us. We let the Father dictate, dictate to us. So I just wanted to take you through something, if that's okay. I might challenge some of you. But I just wanted you to think about what you can be thankful for Jesus for. Okay? And now I'm going to go to a, a point and test you even a little bit further because it's easy to thank Jesus for, you know, when things are going well. But I want to think you to think about a circumstance that you're finding somewhat difficult and I want you to find something in there, the gold of what the Father wants you to be thankful for. Are we okay with that? Yeah? Cool. You can nod your head if you're not. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not, not going not gonna to hold you to it. But yeah, I just want you to think about that for a, for a moment. I just don't want you actually in your heart just thank the Father for that thing. Okay, once you got that thing, I want you to actually start thanking him out loud. Thank you, Father, for being my saviour. I thank you for loving me. Lord, thank you that you are a healer. You're the great physician. You're the great provider. Lord, that your yoke is easy, that your burden is light. Lord, we thank you that we can do all things through Christ strengthens me. Lord, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. 
Lord, we just thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing. Lord, we thank you that you're in this place. We thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, we thank you that your kingdom is being extended through us here on earth. We thank you that we get to be a part of your greater purpose and plan. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for our life, Lord God, that you want to prosper us, give us a hope in the future. Lord, we thank you that you want to cheer our hearts up so much that it is like good medicine to others. Lord, that, yeah, that you are working in us. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you. So I want you to say it like you mean it. It's going to change you. I'm doing this for a reason because there's breakthrough in this. This is breakthrough. This is the thing David had. David, he knew the power of worship. He knew the power of rejoicing. He knew the power of thanksgiving. He, when, when the enemies were coming around him and he's like, Father, Father, help me, he learned to rejoice. He learned to worship. In those points, it's the times where we don't feel like it the most, but that's when we need to be doing it the most because it's the most powerful. Worship is powerful. Rejoicing isn't just the thing we do. It's a spiritual weapon that fights against any attack of our heart, minds that come against us. That's why rejoicing is so important. It changes our, our mindset, changes us into a kingdom mindset. He said, you have the mind of Christ. He says, you have the mind in Christ in the New Testament and we have the ability to think like him. So when you look at the Father and the way he thinks, like he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. It's a different attitude. It's not looking at your circumstance and going, oh, I'm getting weighed down by this. This is too much. I want to give up. It's like, no, I press forward because I see something better. I've got a vision in the joy that's about to come. He's promised me that I'm going to walk through this. He said, you'll walk through the shadow the valley of the shadow of death. He said you're going to walk through it. He didn't say you'll stay there. So in your circumstance, you might be going through some tough situations, but they're weighing you down and you can't see what's on the other side. But the promise is you will walk through it. You will walk through it. He has promised that you will walk through the shadow. So you might be in that situation, but there's hope. There's a hope in your future. And it's so important to get that joy. I, um, I'm a life coach and a business coach and I, I teach Christian businesses. Um, and one of the key things I teach them is uh, knowing what the joy set before them is in their business. The reason why I teach this is small business within the first three years, there's a big percentage of business that actually fail, give up and they're gone. And one of the biggest things I've noticed personally from coaching people is they don't know what that joy set before them is. They have no idea and they don't have a vision of it. Because when life gets tough, you need a promise to get through. And in the Bible, it had this really prophetic culture that told you what the promise was. There's always a promise. Like the Egyptians, you know, the, the Israel, Israelites were in... Egypt, right, but they got shown a better picture, a joy set before them, the promised land. Keep going, you might have to work for it, but they've got hope. And as long as we've got hope, we're going to have strength. So I, I just felt tonight, before coming in here, yeah, that 
going to step out with this. I just felt like someone had some pain in your left knee. Is that anyone here? No? Yeah, yeah? Um, would you be able to stand up just for a second? No, that, you can't. can't stand up. Oh, okay. No, no, that's fine. Um, I might pray for you afterwards, but I really feel the Father just wants to heal that knee of yours tonight. Um, I actually had this sensation that was warming in my knee before coming to the service and I just felt like that was going to be healing. Um, I felt there was going to be healing of hearts. So I felt that um, there's a few people tonight and I ask you to come forward and if the leaders of the church can come up and pray as well because I feel there's going to be healing in people's hearts feel there's miracles in people's circumstances. You you can't see uh, the light because circumstances are dictating to you the way you should feel, but Jesus is about to come in and change that. He's going to give you promise. felt to pray over those people. Um, Also, for those who felt like they've lost the joy, um, they've lost the, the real thriving heart to want to spend time in the presence of the Father. I mean in the secret place. I don't just mean coming on Sundays. I mean waking up in the morning, praying to God, spending time with him, listening to him, reading your Bible, all those things because you love it. I felt there were some people who need to get reconnected to that. They need to get reconnected with the joy so that they are able to do all things. It's interesting... I'm so passionate about this topic lately because it's something that the Father's been releasing in me and changing in my heart because I've been going to a job that I haven't necessarily liked liked doing for probably months now and I'm just doing it as a side job until I get my own business up running so I can do it full time. But in those moments I'm like, God, I really hate getting up doing this. It hurts me. I'm doing it. I can see I've got vision for what I want to do, but he comes to me and goes, Paul, what are you focused on? What have I told you? What have I said? What have I said that I'm going to do? Because our circumstance, what it does is it robs us from what the Father's saying, especially when it gets on top of us because it says something else. And usually the Father says something different in a hard circumstance because he wants to perfect you. And it's when the trials come that perfection comes. So through trials, it actually says rejoice in all things or rejoice when hard trials come upon you and they persecute you. Has anyone heard of Brother Yun? Man, that guy is amazing. Um, He's been through like, I don't know, he's been in prison, he's been tortured, he's been all these things and I remember hearing a story of him coming out of jail and his friends thought he was going to be depressed, um, that he was going to be down, no hope, no nothing, down and out for the count. But when they saw him, they said they were filled with joy because he had so much joy off him. He was like Paul in the prison. Thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that when they persecute me, my place in heaven, I'm focused on that, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the perfection that you are creating me so that I am missing and lacking nothing. Lord, you love me so much that you don't want anything missing. You want my joy to be full. You want me to remain in you. You want me to abide so that fruit can just pour out of me everywhere I go. 
so that I can walk on the water in my tough circumstances and I can walk over my circumstances and go, Jesus, I know the answer, it's you. (laughs) So keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep them focused on Jesus. Just love you to close your eyes right now. And I just feel like, um, yeah, like I was saying before, some of you are feeling like the circumstances are being getting a bit hard and you've got a bit of hope deferred, makes the heart sick. I just really feel to come up to the front um, towards the end in ministry time to get some prayer. So I feel there's really breakthrough tonight in that. If you need physical healing in your body, um, also to come up to the front. But also, if you just want an increase in joy, um, you don't have to be going through a rough time, but if you want an increase of joy so that you're able to endure like Paul did, <laughs> And when tough circumstances come up to perfect you, I want you also to come forward. How are we doing? We okay? (laughs) Lord, we just thank you for your joy. Lord, we thank you that when we abide and remain in your love, that the purpose you have in that is that so our joy may be full. Lord, that would be full, that we'd be lacking nothing. Lord, I thank you that you care for us so, so much, that you endured the cross because we were your joy that you were focused on. Lord, we just pray for your presence to come into this place. I pray you fill people's hearts right now and that your joy just be released, Lord God. I just pray, Lord, that the peace that surpasses all understanding and knowledge will guard people's hearts and minds tonight, Lord. Lord, I just pray you give people vision. Re-envision us to see what you are doing. Help us have the heart to spend in the secret place, Lord, so we can see what you're doing. Lord, that we can see you in the midst of the storm and just stride right on through that thing. Lord, help us to be able to dance in our storms. Lord, you had peace in the storm and you were able to sleep in the storms. I pray we'll have the same thing, Lord God. Fill us tonight, Lord, refreshing us. Pour out your joy and your strength in Jesus' name. Amen.